Hey ECV, Kathy Maskell here, sending you love and greetings and blessings from EDV, East Denver Vineyard in Denver, Colorado. Well, it is such an honor to be able to ring in the new year with you all today. Happy ninth day of Christmas and happy 2021. And I know for so many of us, it is such a blessing already to say goodbye to 2020. I don't know about you, but 2020 was definitely a dramatic and big year for the Maskell household. We moved our family cross country from Philly to Denver. We bought a new house this past month. Of course, we had to enroll the kids in new schools, uh, learning how to love the people the Lord has given us through this church plant, learning how to connect with new neighbors and uh, meeting needs of folks all around us. I've learned how to lead worship via Zoom. And thankfully, we have already found the best pho place in Denver. It's called Pho 95 on Federal Boulevard. Would love to take you if uh, you come out and visit us, which you definitely should. You know, one of our leaders this fall shared a prophetic word about God planting new things in winter. And that in the kingdom of God, winter is also a season for new growth. But this growth is underground. Um, this is growth that is hidden, almost like a secret. Uh, and I just want to ask you, like, what are the ways that you have let God grow you in underground ways in 2020? Or as you look to 2021, asking for God's Advent hope to birth new things in you, what are these seeds that you can invite the Holy Spirit to plant in you in underground ways in this winter season for the sake of bearing good and healthy fruit in the coming season? You know, all of these thoughts led me to meditate deeply on the very first parable that Jesus taught in the Gospel of Mark. And that's going to be our main scripture for today. You can call it the parable of the farmer. You can call it the parable of the sower. Uh, or we can call it the parable of the good seed. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people along the shore were at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. 
So let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you sow yourself into us today. We pray for ears to hear you speaking to each of us today. Open this parable, Holy Spirit, and your words to us so that they would be words of life coming into our lives, preparing us for 2021. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, how many people did Jesus really win to himself during his ministry? Some stories talk about thousands who came to hear him speak, but at the end of it all, uh, when we look at who was still with him by his side as he went to the cross, he really only had a handful of disciples. And even then, when you knock off the disciple Judas and Peter who betray him, that's really about 10 dudes and a few faithful women who end up sticking around to the end. Conrad Gempf, who's become a friend and is just an excellent Bible scholar at the London School of Theology, describes Jesus' parables as story-shaped riddles that poke at people, pushing them so they cannot stay in an in-between place when it comes to who Jesus is. In all of his parables, Jesus challenges his listeners to lean one way or the other, toward him or away from him. So it creates a wedge, a point of decision, a crisis of thought. Which way will you go? Will you move towards Jesus or will you walk away? So what's the wedge in this parable? The text says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Seeds get scattered on the path, they get eaten by the birds. The seeds the farmer threw on rocky soil really didn't have a good chance at growing because they couldn't grow deep roots. The seeds amongst the thorns, they get choked because they couldn't really fully mature to bear grain. But the seeds that fell on good soil grow into healthy, fruitful plants. I want you to just imagine that you are one of those thousands of people who have come from all over the countryside who had to take the whole day off of work in order to hear Jesus, the great rabbi, the great teacher, teach. You are the peasant farmer. You are in the business of planting seeds, right? I mean, this is literally all you know how to do. Now, I grew up in San Diego. It's a desert place palm trees, eucalyptus trees, yes. I am not a farmer. I mean, the first time I ever even saw corn grow out of the ground was when I took a road trip to Pennsylvania with my best friend in college from Chicago, but I did not need to see corn actually go out of the ground to know this teaching about seeds that Jesus is talking about. I mean, it's as if, I just want you to imagine, it's as if Jesus was with us today and he busts out with this teaching. If you want your car to run, you must fill it with gas. If you want to get a good grade in school, do your homework and listen to what your teacher says. If the microwave makes a ding sound. Take the food out. <laughs> 
Can you just imagine how duped you would feel if that was the teaching that you showed up for? So imagine how that crowd felt when he is talking to peasant subsistent farmers about what happens to seeds in different kinds of soil conditions. I walked barefoot 20 miles for this and I didn't even get a lousy t-shirt or water bottle. So then here's the wedge. This is when Jesus says, whoever has ears, let him hear. His audience may hear the words that Jesus speaks, but they do not hear his meaning and its significance unless they understand what he says. You know, in the Bible, the, the verb to hear is actually the same verb for understanding. To understand something is to have it sink deep enough inside where it even begins to change you. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So this parable creates a wedge. You must choose to lean into what Jesus is trying to get you to understand or you have to back away. Because when it comes to things of Jesus, leaning in could lead to change and it should lead to change. So who leans in, in our story? When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. The 12 and the others stick around later to ask him some questions. Somehow, as mundane and basic as this story was, there was this much, much smaller group of people who weren't quite convinced that the story was that simple, that perhaps even though it seemed blatantly obvious on the surface, if Jesus was telling the story, maybe there was more. Any of us, I just love in this story that any of us could have been one of those others. I mean, definitely not one of the 12, but you know, one of the others. Any of us could have stayed unsettled any of us could have stayed curious enough to dig in and ask more questions. To them, Jesus says, is given the secret of the kingdom of God. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. I mean, why does it seem that Jesus wants some folks to remain confused? I mean, is he just a big meanie? Is he incredibly unjust? Jesus actually does go on to specifically explain the parable, but even before he does this, he offers them this gift of the secret of the kingdom of God. And it's not even connected to explaining the parable. All we know about what the disciples and these others did in order to deserve this gift, perhaps the most important gift, is that they stuck around long enough after all of the crowds had left to be curious and to ask questions and to be with Jesus a little bit longer. So imagine yourself as one of these others by simply sticking around by simply living through 2020 and saying yes to trusting in God's goodness, trusting in God's provision and mercy for 2021. <laughs> As an other, without not yet fully understanding the parable, 
the others, we can also step inside this parable and they get the explosive secret. The secret that has already been given to them is the presence of Jesus himself. To spend time with Jesus, not Jesus, the weird storyteller, but Jesus, the one who heals, the one who shows us what God is like, the one who came as a baby at Christmas in all vulnerability, in a defiant act of protest against the kingdom of Herod, against the Roman occupation, a yes to the shepherds, a yes to an unwed peasant girl teenager, a yes to those who don't have, who cannot find room at the inn. That is the secret of the kingdom. When Jesus tells the disciples that the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to them, the Greek word is not about secret knowledge. No, the, the Greek word for secret in this story is about mystery. Because with a secret, it's, a secret is about knowledge being withheld, um, like facts or concepts that you're not given. Uh, a mystery is really different. In a mystery, the clues are all around us. Do any of you remember this awesome trilogy series called Indiana Jones, uh, total child of the 80s and 90s, and uh, in this last movie, The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones sets off on an adventure to find the Holy Grail, the cup that Jesus supposedly drank from at the Last Supper. And at the climactic scene, Indiana Jones has to choose the right cup from hundreds of others. And amongst the thousands of fancy goblets, it's, of course, the plain one, the one hidden in plain sight. And it's such a helpful image for us to grasp the secret of the kingdom of God. It is not the perfect secret right answer. It's not that special right knowledge. Um, it's not even the, the perfect list, the perfect way to uh, order your life so it looks perfect. The secret of the kingdom of God is being in the presence of the right person, Jesus. The secret of the kingdom of God is the desire to want to linger in his presence, to stay curious about what he might say next. By drawing near to Jesus, the disciples and the others are saying yes to Jesus' story taking place in their lives. You know, the, the text says some people are like seed on the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Jesus explains, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. As Jesus is telling the parable, he describes reality as it is taking place. As we reflect on 2020, as we reflect on perhaps being one of the others that could have heard this parable, 
what happened with us in this past year? When we encountered a rocky place, did we receive the word of encouragement, but did it only last a short time? When we heard the good news through scripture, but then we read the news headlines, did we allow Satan to come and just snatch away that good word? When we experienced trouble or persecution, when we lost our job, when our friends moved away, when we had to, to move, when we weren't able to see the people that we wanted to see, when we weren't able to gather when we, in the ways that we wanted to gather, did we experience ourselves falling away? You know, the story says still others like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. How many worries were represented in 2020? <laughs> How many worries are represented by your neighbors, by your family members? How many worries are represented in your workplace? How many worries are represented when we went to the supermarket and there was no toilet paper left <laughs> or water? How many worries were wrapped around every day, um, every week of this past year? As we look to 2021, how we write our story, will it be filled with the lure of the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things that might choke the word, that might choke the good seeds that God is trying to sow in us. For me, uh, will I look to 2021 and write my story based on all the conferences that I will or will not be speaking at? At how many people will or will not log in and join our online worship service? How will I write my story based on how many things go my way and allow that trouble or persecution making the, the worries, making the deceitfulness of wealth, making the desires for other things to come in and to make my story unfruitful. So for us, for you, how would taking on God's story, how would saying yes to the secret of the kingdom, to being in the presence of Jesus, help us to become like these others, like seed sown on good soil for those who hear the word, who accept it, accept it in the face of deceit and will produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Because when we hear the words of the sower, when we hear the words of Jesus and accept it, our lives will surprise us. Jesus is described as the Word of God, and we believe the Bible reveals the Word of God to us. And so what does it mean in 2021 when we pick up a Bible uh, that has the Word of God to be revealed to each of us. Bruxy Cavey, a pastor in Canada, says, So when you pick up a Bible, consider that you are holding an explosive device. I see the Bible as a holy hand grenade. The Bible, the Word of God, Jesus, 
cannot easily be put into a box of the self-help guide for making sure that 2021 goes better than 2020. It's not even a book of clear ethical teachings that help you live a happy, comfortable life. I mean, listen to what Jesus says in this parable. It's the messy, surprising, explosive story of God, a story that invites all of us in to hear God moving in the history of the world if we have the ears to hear it. I mean, we are talking in this parable of Jesus describing those who say yes to the seed given by the sower. Explosive growth, 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. So to hear and receive and understand the word is to tether yourself to a stick of dynamite that both empowers you to grow way beyond yourself because you're no longer simply serving your own story. Jesus invites his listeners, Jesus invites us to lean in and to lean towards God's story being enacted in us, to be the kind of soil that receives the word of God. But he gives us fair warning. He's giving us fair warning uh, as we renew our hopes for 2021. Prepare for change, prepare to multiply, and prepare to maybe explode. You know, from Jesus' birth in a major as a homeless refugee to his execution on a Roman cross as a political prisoner, we know that Jesus was so familiar with the ways of this world, with the deceit of this world, with the violence of this world. And so we celebrate at Christmas and we hold on as we look into this new year that this person, Jesus, grace-filled, forgiving, full of compassion, so vulnerable, so obedient to his Father, changes everything because he changes and he transforms our assumptions about what it means to have faith, about what it means to be obedient. And the secret is simply to stick around, to stay the course. And we don't have to look far for proof of this transformative change. It's happening all over the place. It's happening all over ECV. Uh, one of my favorite things that ECV does is that Good News Tuesday, just what, how people are being highlighted throughout your church community. You know, you have coming up in January uh, studies on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, celebrating Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy. And, you know, I even think about in our church some of the ways that our community is being transformed is by leaning towards the crisis of thousands of unhoused folks in Denver. Um, in that slowly there are churches that are saying yes to being safe tent sites. But the reality is right now there are enough safe tent sites for about 70 folks in the face of thousands that need housing. We can lean towards where we see life, where we see grace, where we see mercy, or we can lean 
back. We can look away. We can walk away. We can get cynical. We can say, well, that's somebody else's problem. But that's not what our church is doing, and that is not what your church is doing. And so when we lean into Jesus, when we say yes to the word being sown in our lives, what counts as normal gets completely turned upside down. And so just invite us as we look to 2021 to start this year with this posture of receiving the secret of the kingdom. His name is Jesus, and that proper posture is the posture of the shepherds. It's the posture of the wise men. It's the posture of bowing down, taking our knee to pledge allegiance to a king who gives himself away, a king who stuck around in his entire life on earth in his entire ministry to give himself away, who dies for murderers, who uncancels the canceled. The step one of radical discipleship for 2021 of saying yes to allegiance as an exile on this earth, of allegiance to our heavenly King Jesus is to stick around and to stay the course. And I encourage you, I exhort you to stay faithful to your church community, to Elm City Vineyard, as it points to Jesus, as it says yes to the perfect presence of God. When we show up for online church and when we show up in person as our churches are able, we come together we do this defiant act of worship for our God who has come and will come again. So I just bless you and I, I want to invite you to try a couple of things right now. Would you just put out your hands and let's just ask the Lord together. God, would you sow your word in each of us today? Would you make us hungry for the word of God as it is revealed in scripture in 2021? Give us the energy we need, the discipline we need to read and to be formed and to stick around your scriptures as an act of defiance against the worries of this world, against the deceitfulness of this world. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would sow good seed and that you would make us good soil, good soil that would bear the fruit of kingdom mercy and kingdom justice day in and day out. Pray that you would make us sowers of your good word. Give us the courage to sow your good seed within systems of injustice where we see inequity, where we see disparity of wealth and poverty, where we see massive inequity in education. Help us to stick around and to abide. Help us to keep watch for you, Jesus, where we don't expect you to show up. Surprise us, Lord, and I pray for explosive growth in Elm City Vineyard in 2021 in each of your lives that you would experience multiplication in the goodness of the presence of God, in the goodness of 
kingdom harvest, the fruits of mercy and justice. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all today, and I send you out with this prayer. Jesus, as a light, shine and guide us. Jesus, as a shield, overshadow us. Jesus, under us. Jesus, over us. Jesus, beside us on our left and our right. Today, be inside and outside us, lowly and meek, yet all-powerful. Be in the heart of each to whom we speak, in the mouth of everyone who speaks to us. Jesus, be our light. Jesus, be our shield. Jesus, be by our side, on our left and our right. Amen.